sports yak. Oh, One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here. And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Shack. Sports Shack. It's Sports Shack. Welcome, everybody, to episode 89 of Disney Plus Reviews. I'm Phil Souza, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host. He's been a victim of a run by fruiting more times than he can count. It's Grant Youngsman. How's it going, Grant? Great, Phil. Um, it's been a while since we've done a classic movie. Oh, yeah. Like we're about to tonight. I'm. Yeah, that's an understatement. It's been months. Like, yeah. maybe four months or like more. Princess Bride. I'd say that's probably about the last classic we've done. Yeah, and that was a good episode. Go back and listen to that. Our, yeah. our uh, 2021 review of <laughs> The Princess Bride. Yeah. Pretty, pretty, pretty funny. Um, and it's also one of my favorite actors growing up that we're discussing tonight. Yeah, I want to talk... So you already saw the title of the episode. We're talking about Mrs. Doubtfire. Of course, Robin Williams no longer with us. Um, you know, huge blow. I, I remember the day that I found out that Robin Williams had, had died and yeah. just, the, you know, the nature of, of how he died was just tragic. It was, you know, brought up a lot of discussions about, you know, depression and, mm-hmm. you know, seek help when you need it, that kind of thing. I, I still remember all those that, that time, but yeah, I want to spend some time just talking about him like yeah. as a, really as a voice actor, like just his ability to do voices and stuff like that really comes out in this movie. Of course it comes out in Aladdin as well. Another Disney. uh, I mean, this movie didn't start out as a Disney movie, but, um, but you know, Disney owns Mrs. Doubtfire now, Mm -hmm. but I want to talk about, um, just what he, his impact on just the comedy industry going back to like the seventies. Like we're not going to cover his career, but I'm just saying like, he's been around for, he was around and with us for so long. Like he, he kind of like grew up on screen, like yeah, um, very much. Mork and Mindy, he was he was a kid, like you know, yeah, college age or early twenties or whatever. So, yeah. Uh, anyways, we'll have a lot to say about about that movie and about Robin Williams, of course. But uh, if you're just joining us for this podcast, we're an unofficial Disney Plus podcast reviewing the most popular stuff on Disney Plus. Uh, we're going to get into Mrs. Doubtfire here in a bit. That's the big topic for today. But uh, first, we'd like to do Disney Plus. Uh, news of the week. We like to do this every week, just kind of cover what has been happening in the world of Disney Plus. And uh, boy, a huge, huge Disney uh, news drop this week. Um, Grant, why don't you introduce yeah. it? Well, um, for those of you that have been following the show, um, it's not a big surprise to hear that one of uh, the movies that we're most excited about is Spider Man uh, No Way Home. And this is probably going to be, I mean, I would, I don't think I'm going out on a limb saying that this probably will be the movie of the holiday season. Oh, by far. Yeah. And so, but up until this point, we have not had a trailer and 
people have been obviously waiting patiently to getting a trailer. And finally on, was it Tuesday of last week? That sounds right. We finally, well, I would say at first it kind of got leaked, which, I mean, do we really believe that it got leaked? <laughs> yeah. I, so a lot of people think that that stuff's like intentional. Like yeah. the studio wants there to be kind of momentum and hype, you know, kind of building up before the actual day. But yeah. Yeah. So the movie or the trailer got leaked in that in the morning of Tuesday. We'll just call it Tuesday. I don't remember the exact date. And then at some point it got taken down, but then So late- you, you texted me on Monday nights, like super uh, late. Okay. And I, so it was Monday. Then. I didn't see your text until the next morning. And that was literally like, other than like waking up my phone and seeing like the time and stuff like that. The first thing on my, I saw on my phone was, did you watch the trailer? Yeah. <laughs> so it was Monday and then later Monday night or Monday, like afternoon, I believe. They full-on released the trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home, and it was, wow. And the world has changed. Yeah. Um, the, it makes perfect sense. when you We're going to spoil the trailer. I, I, hope, I hope you've seen it, if you're listening to yeah. this or just don't care, <clears throat> to watch it. Um, I guess if you're like trying to stay away from trailers to watch the movie like, you know, with no... Yeah, <laughs> like no knowledge for forethought uh, going into the film. I guess skip skip ahead. You know, fifteen. I will probably talk about this for at least ten or fifteen minutes. Uh, skip ahead to our our review. But um, I feel like if you've been following Marvel, you kind of know what's going to happen in the trailer, though. Right, and that that was what I was wanted to say. Is like uh, we knew this before we watched the trailer, but there is so obvious why they waited this long. Like yeah. they had to get Loki completely out. Like where everyone's seen all the episodes before launching the trailer. It's not unlike the second Spider-Man movie where like you had, to, you had to have seen Endgame before watching that yeah. Spider-Man trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they released that trailer. They delayed that trailer probably several months just to wait, wait for people to actually have seen Endgame. And famously, you know, Tom comes out at the beginning of that trailer and says, Hey, full, full English accents, you know, it's just him, not the character saying, you know, don't watch this trailer. Please, please don't watch it unless you've seen Endgame. Go watch Endgame. It's a fantastic movie, but this trailer, even the trailer is going to spoil that movie. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if you didn't, if you've not been paying attention to Loki or watching it, you probably saw the trailer and like, oh, where's this coming from? But us fo- having followed everything that they've done this year, yeah. it makes perfect sense. Yeah. So, um, it definitely delves into the multiverse, but um, it pretty much picks up where the last movie left left off and um it basically is where mysterio has now revealed peter parker as spider-man so now the beginning of the trailer really is peter parker living with that knowledge of everybody knowing who he is and then dr strange comes into play which i think we both obviously knew Doctor Strange was going to be in this movie, mm. but I think he's going to play a bigger role than either of us thought. I thought he was going to be in the trailer for maybe eight seconds. Um, and then when he is literally in half of the trailer, yeah. I was like, is he in half of this movie? Like, he is a huge character in this film if the trailer is any yeah. you know, comparison to actual screen time. but And I feel like with him being in this, 
I feel like it's safe to say that Doctor Strange is going to be a huge part of Phase 4. Yes. And so basically what we get from the trailer is Peter is wanting Doctor Strange to basically rewrite history to where the world doesn't know he's Spider-Man. And then something goes wrong (laughs) and the multiverse has been unleashed, I guess. Yeah. And then we see the only bad guy we quote unquote see is Dr. Octopus. Right. But it's after, if you haven't seen it or you're not going to watch it or whatever, but it's actually Alfred Molina, like yep. the same actor from Spider-Man two, which came the out original trilogy. Yeah. Which came out 17, that movie came out 17 years ago. Yeah. 2004. So, um, but then you see one of the green goblins bombs, which yeah. it's been long, um, stated that they believe that Willem Dafoe will be reprising his role as Green Goblin in this movie. Yeah. So, but that was really, that's really the only bad guys I remember. But, I mean, there have also been stories out there that Electro, is that Jamie Foxx? Yeah. Is coming back. I think that's still in the rumor territory, isn't it? Yeah. There's a lightning strike, like an electric, in this electric electricity in the sky moment, it doesn't look like lightning. It, it looks different than lightning. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people are thinking that's clearly electro, you know, doing some kind of an attack or whatever. Uh, but he's not seen. We don't actually see Jamie on screen in yeah. the trailer. So, I mean, is this finally, are we going to get as close to a sinister six movie as possible? I hope so, dude. I hope they go full sinister six yeah. with this. It'd be so awesome. So we're missing. So we got those three. Obviously, um, <clears throat> we've got just from previous movies. We've got Vulture. They can bring, easily bring in Vulture, um, and I think that was even a rumor. I don't know if that was a maybe. A, maybe it was just like something that I talked to somebody and they wanted to see. But I mm. thought it was maybe a rumor that um, uh, what's his name, original Batman, <laughs> uh, played Vulture, Michael Keaton. Yeah, Michael Keaton was like on set. Like yeah, one of the days they were shooting or whatever. So. Um, so he would, I, I would think as far as like who's left, I think he's the most likely number four and then five, five, six. I don't, I don't know. Mysterio I mean, maybe. It, yeah, again. it could be. See, I, a lot of people are thinking like, oh, it's just only going to be villains. And, and actually the actors playing the villains from this other universe that, that our Peter, our current Peter has never, he's never seen any of these guys before, but, um, I don't know. I think they could do a, a, a mix, mix and match. Like it yeah. could be. Um, literally Jake Gyllenhaal from, you know, the last, the last Spider-Man movie. So, but I mean, I would say it really didn't give a ton away, which, yeah, I mean, we always know that Marvel's playing with their cards very close to their chest. So, I mean, it wasn't a super surprise, but I was just excited to finally get it. Yeah. And I wish it wasn't coming out in december <laughs> that was literally the first thing out of my mouth after i wa- finished i watched the trailer at work uh with some boys that had already seen it they wanted to see it again and so i watched it and I got, they got my like reactions as i was watching it and the first first thing out of my mouth was oh i can't believe that's not not coming out until september i mean uh december yeah you know um if, if it was like september or october like i you know i could i could wait that long but it's gonna be really hard to wait until december so but i mean i definitely think 
that, and we've talked about this before on the podcast, that it's probably about as close to Endgame or Infinity War that you can get without getting to that point. You mean as far as like hype and yeah. excitement? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think just a lot of people just really like Spider-Man in general, but um, if they're really packing this kind of a cast into mm-hmm. this movie, it just, what is just a, like a one-off movie? Like it's not like a, you know, a huge like come together moment like yeah. we've seen in Avengers movies. Um, yeah. It could be a huge, huge cast. Of course, we haven't even mentioned um, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Like, that's still firmly in the rumor territory. You know, yeah. a lot of people are expecting that, assuming that. Um, but as far as I know, there's not been any leaks. He's, th- those guys are certainly not in the trailer. So that's still kind of a big question mark of like, you know, will we see these guys? Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I don't know which camp you're in. I'm in the camp of, I want to see them, but maybe just for a few minutes. Like I, yeah. I would be okay with just literally just a cameo or a quick montage of them training him, you know, teaching him about these villains that they know, um, you know, like Vulture for Andrew Garfield and, um, you know, the other characters, Doc Ock and stuff like that for Tobey Maguire. But like, if they're going to bring in these villains, especially from the Tobey Maguire universes, mm-hmm. the ones that are confirmed, I feel like we have to see Toby as well. Like yeah. I, I can't imagine them bringing the villains, but not the hero in from this other alternate universe. Yeah. So, but I definitely don't need a whole movie of Toby Maguire, or Andrew Garfield. Yeah. The, so I, on YouTube, they, one of the videos I, I looked at said teaser, which I was thinking, okay, this is going to be like a 30 second deal. It was like a couple of minutes long, mm-hmm. but it is kind of teasery in the sense that they didn't, they let, let on like what, what his impetus is, what he wants to accomplish, mm-hmm. but they don't cover at all how, how they do it. Like yeah. it's, it's, I don't even know what Dr. Strange, what he's even asking Dr. Strange to do. I know the big picture. I'm talking about the ma- the micro level. Like yeah. I don't understand how bringing in or like opening a door to an, another universe is going to like wipe the mind, like erase mm-hmm. the minds of, like, cause he says like at one point in the trailer, Dr. Strange says we can't be selective. Like, it's either turn it on, turn it on for everyone. Everyone knows you're Spider-Man, or turn it off for everybody, yeah. including Aunt May, including MJ, including um, what's his name, his friend Ned. Ned, like he's like, they're all gonna forget that you're Spider-Man. He's like, oh, okay, like you know, he kind of has to wrestle with that. But like, how that's accomplished by just opening a door to an alternate multiverse, universe, mm-hmm. whatever? It's it's a little weird to me. I, I it'll make sense, I'm sure, when we watch the film. But right now, that's a huge yeah, and I. I mean, one of the biggest lingering questions I have is just how long this movie's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to be pretty long. Yeah. I mean, they have a lot of, again, cast just alone. They have a lot of people to cover. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, but I don't think the trailer disappointed whatsoever. No. It, that's about the most hype I've been for a trailer in a long time. And, I mean, I would say I would not be surprised if that's all we get. Oh, just the one? Yeah. We usually, might get one more, but... Usually they do a trailer, like a launch trailer or whatever, like yeah. like the week of type of thing to, to get you excited to go buy a ticket. But um, I can see the tickets going on sale for this, maybe not next month, but definitely by October. Like, yeah, I, for I think, sure. I think people will be buying their tickets like eight weeks in advance. Yeah. Um, so, and we'll be... We'll, we'll, we'll be there. We'll be there. <laughs> in 3D, Phil? No. <laughs> I mean, I can wear my 2D glasses again. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm really, really hyped, uh, for this movie. Um, it, it's going to be 
Loki kind of, you know, will always be that show that kicked off the multiverse in, yeah. in a way, like where, you know, the events of the last episode of Loki essentially kind of unravel everything, right? Yeah. Um, but this will be, I think people will remember this movie as like the, the first big entry into let's explore the multiverse. Yeah. Um, you know, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is coming next year in 2022. Mm-hmm. But I think this is definitely the entry point of like, okay, let's let's kick this off. So yeah, because I I don't think anything that they have coming out uh, in the upcoming months leading up to it, I don't think any of it will really tie into Spider Man. Yeah. So what do we get? we get? Miss Marvel, uh, Hawkeye is coming out. Yep. In November, October, yeah. November, and we don't know when Miss Marvel's coming out yet, and. The Eternals, I think, is in November. Yeah, they're really like smashing a bunch of these releases all together. Like uh, Shang Chi is September, and then I don't think there's anything in October. But then there's two more movies in in the last two months. Yeah. So so, but the Eternals aren't they aren't going to have anything to do with this, probably. Yeah. So yeah, I I think this is probably is the first and, and maybe Shang Chi might have it. It might. Um, I don't know. I, I I've, I've heard rumors that there is a Marvel Legends coming out yeah. this week yeah that ties into that but well so let's talk let's talk about that real quick i that wasn't like a planned news story but i don't know when else would be like a better segment of the yeah. show to talk about it so it's um it's uh, i i read a, well I'm, I'm sorry we actually will talk about it at, at the end of the show because it's on like what's coming up on disney plus the last segment that we'd like to do but that surprised me because like the write-up on it I'll, i can read it later but it says something like it, you'll learn about the 10 rings or whatever. I was mm-hmm. like, has that been covered? Like, has, have we seen something about the 10 rings yeah. in a previous movie? Like, I don't know. Even in like in the background of a shot, like I haven't heard anything about this. So I, I'm a little confused as to what, I mean, let's say it's four minutes. That's mm-hmm. still like, what are they going to show us for four minutes? Like to prep us about a character who's never been in anything. Yeah. I don't um, know. Marvel. So yeah, that's, that's interesting. Um, of the three movies that we just mentioned, I, I'm I'm still the most hyped for Spider Man. Oh yeah, without a doubt. I, do you think this could be the best Spider Man movie? What's What's your prediction on how you walk out of the theater? I mean, I feel like Homecoming. I feel like they've just gotten better as yeah. they've gone along, and I feel like um, Tom Holland and Zendaya and the whole cast that they have just really gel really well together and it's kind of that thing we've talked about when marvel's at their best they're balancing action along with comedy yeah and i feel like that's something that these spider-man movies have delivered yeah and, and a lot of heart like i, I think yeah i think the characters you, you they're so altruistic and genuine and it's like you just want them to win <laughs> like yeah. it's like please 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 let these guys win um it'll it'll definitely be i mean other than Endgame, you know, where he's one of many heroes, but this will be his biggest fight ever. Oh yeah, like for sure. I, if he's fighting even four villains in the same movie, it's going to be pretty amazing. So, um, you and I have both played the um, the PlayStation mm-hmm. uh, Spider-Man games, and those are like kind of a Sinister Six kind of yep. kind of story as well. And you you feel the oppression in those games of like him, like you know he he can go toe to toe with Rhino, he can go toe to toe with Vulture or whatever, yeah. but taking on like all of them at the same time it's almost a losing battle like how could he even possibly pull it off um, yeah and you get so frustrated in the <laughs> video game phil well and that's why i think it would be really fun to have a hero moment where it's not just him 
yeah, uh, fighting against these guys. It's you know maybe three different Spideys. I I think they need to be a little cautious. And the movie was written three years ago, probably. But I think they need to be a little cautious ab- about its. Um, it's very neighborly to the Into the Spider Verse movie that we already mm-hmm. got a couple of years ago. Now that was animated and you know Sony Pictures and everything like that. But like I, I I'm a little afraid that they're going to go too close to that. Like they're going to fly clo- too close to yeah. that sun and not tell a unique story that we've not seen before. So I'm a little nervous when they're talking about Spider-Man multiverse, you know, portals to other universes and letting people come through. It's like that. We literally just got that movie. So, um, but I mean, and Kevin Feige, we trust, right? Like I'm, I, I know he, he can tell not him, but like he and his crew can tell a good story. That's very unique and very fresh. So, and I mean, so far in 2021, we haven't been disappointed with anything Marvel. Yeah. So yeah. I don't think it's going to change. It's really been a banner year. <laughs> like yeah. I, I know like we didn't think like Black Widow is like the greatest MC movie ever, yeah. but we also didn't think it was the worst either. Like they, they've not really d- done anything to disappoint me this year. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what Shang-Chi can do. We'll see what the Eternals can do. But um, honestly, I'm I'm still pretty positive on those. We haven't seen them yet, but I'm still pretty positive on those too. So um, yeah, we'll we'll see. But yeah, this what a great capper for this year that movie's oh, going to yeah, be. For sure. So cool. Well, that is our uh, news for the week. Um, if you see anything in the news and you want to have us talk about it, uh, definitely email us at DisneyPlusReviews at Hotmail.com. I'll put that email in the show notes if you want to just click on it. Tell us what you want us to hear us talk about. Uh, but that was, I mean, it, when you sent me that text, I was like, okay, this is clearly the news of the week. Yeah. Like, I, I can't imagine anything being bigger than this. So, All right, well, we're going to jump into uh, 1993's Mrs. Doubtfire. This movie came out almost 30 years ago, if you can believe that. And uh, how long has it been since you've seen it? Um, since I've seen the actual like theatrical version of this movie, it's probably been 10 to 15 years, probably. Yeah. And from it's probably been at least five years since I've seen this movie all the way through. Yeah um on tv at least yeah it's been longer than that for me i you know you figure 2001 is 20 years ago and the movie came out eight years before that i it might have been 20 years since i've seen this movie i i might have seen it in the 2000s at some point maybe not even the whole film um but i there were large chunks of this movie i just did not remember yeah like it's it had been that long i just um there's no way i could have had a a logical conversation about this movie just you know not having seen it this week yeah, like for I, sure. I definitely needed a re- refresher on it so um if you've not seen the movie in a while it did just literally come to disney plus it's been on the service for maybe a month uh maybe a little over a month and so you know we got our we were intrigued when we saw that it drop on like mm-hmm. what's coming to disney plus segment that we do at the end of the show and then when we're looking for a movie to we're doing what if coverage uh, if you're just joining us we're we're covering every episode of what if on our podcast but not every week so we're, yeah. we're doing it every other week well so for ex- example next week we're going to talk about two episodes of what if episodes three and four and so we wanted to fill in the gap with something and i think it was grant that that recommended hey how about mrs doubtfire i was like yes i remember loving that movie when i was when yeah. i was a kid it, it came out in 1993, well, it was, okay, so I was 14 because it came out like at the tail end of that year, November, I think. Uh, by the way, I, lo- I looked this up. In 1993, it, 
as far as gross, like the movie, the money that the that the theaters brought in for this for all of the films mm-hmm. in that year in 1993 was number two huh. overall gross sales yeah. in, in the in the entire year. The first one, it's like okay, well, obviously, but it's Jurassic Park was oh, yeah. was number one. So, but and that came, that was like a summer blockbuster. Mrs. Doubtfire came out in the winter. It was like I think a November release, okay. if, I, if I remember correctly, and. And scored the number two spot That's crazy. over all the other the other summer releases that summer hmm. in 1983. So to say that this movie was impactful to culture, I think is yeah. an understatement. Like this this thing was a huge explosion into um, mainstream culture when it mm-hmm. when it released. And Robin Williams was already at the top of his game. I, I he had already done Aladdin. Yep, I think 92, 91, 92. Yeah. When did that movie come out? Ninety one, I believe. And of course, he had done just a slew of other things. They had been in in you know the seventies and eighties. Ninety two. Ninety two. Okay, so like Aladdin had already come out. People knew that from him doing the genie. He's you know just a voice voiceover god. You know. Yeah. Um. And he was also already obviously super popular with all the other movies he had done. He, he had already done Dead Poets Society. Yeah. Yeah. He had like he had. A, he probably won Oscars before this yeah. movie. So it's not like Robin Williams was like a nobody coming on the scene, but his ability to transform into this person was mm-hmm. unbelievable. Like I remember people talking about it for years, like 1994, 1995, 1996, people still talking about how he literally transformed into another human being yeah. for that movie. Um, so, but I, I'm already getting into the film. I want to, I wanted to start with you. Uh, what, what is, what are some of your um, key takeaways from this week? watching it like the the most recent viewing. well like i had already said when we were talking off air it might own the title as the edgiest <laughs> movie on disney plus yeah it's up there because i mean i did not remember some of the stuff that was in it and i mean but i still feel like it is hysterical <laughs> and even today in 2021 I feel like this is still a fantastic movie. Now, is it a family, kid-friendly movie? No. It's PG-13. Yep. And I definitely think that it's still, today, would be PG-13. Oh, yeah. And But, I mean, I still think this is a fantastic movie. I mean, yeah, I agree. it had me laughing throughout the movie. Yeah. There's so many, there's quotable lines in this movie that if you hear someone say a line, like run by fruiting or something like that, it's like, you know, it's from this movie. Like yeah. they're so unique and iconic. You know, it's, it's, um, it's, and to me, like some of the lines are like almost equivalent to like, um, hasta la vista baby or something like mm-hmm. it's that kind of level of like, yes, I know exactly what movie that's from. Um, it's very quotable. There's some scenes, uh, visual, like not even audible words being spoken, but like visual things that you just remember, like, um, you know, putting out his, uh, his breast, you know, on fire with the pans, you know, uh, a lot of that stuff was in the trailer, but you remember it from the movie. When he's like dancing with the vacuum and stuff. (laughs) Um, I mean, a scene that I could basically tell you exactly what happens in this scene, even without like before seeing it last night again is when the lady that's always checking up on him comes and, and meets him for the first time. And he's Uh like going back and forth as Daniel and (laughs) Mrs. Doubtfire and the scene with like the pie. Oh yeah. 
It's so classic because it was in the trailers. I, yeah. I think a lot of people saw that, even not seeing the movie. But yeah, um, everyone remembers the pie all over the face scene. But um, yeah, it's 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 really fun to go back and revisit. I think you and I are pretty much gelled up on on like how our reaction was. Like I I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching the movie. Um, I knew it was going to be funny, so that was not a shocker when mm-hmm. it, when it was. I was like I was laughing along. I was like, yeah, I remember how how funny this this was. The big shocker to me watching it a couple nights ago was how heartwarming and what a good like story it is. Like, yeah, I I don't say that as a slight to other comedy because this is a comedy, but mm-hmm. it's also like kind of serious. And there are some some scene like sometimes several scenes in a row where none of those scenes are supposed to be funny. Like, yeah, they're actually really serious. There's one scene where like it was so heartbreaking what was happening. I almost cried mm-hmm. watching the movie. So that was the part of that Mrs. Doubtfire I didn't remember yeah. was how really serious and how um, poignant it is and almost triggering. Like I, I've not been a like I didn't come from a family of divorce. Yeah. But for those who have, like, there are some scenes in this movie that will, even if you watch it now in 2021, mm-hmm. will literally make you break down and cry watching yeah. it because it's so real. Like, mm-hmm. the way that the kids react, the way that he reacts, he doesn't want this divorce. Yeah. He fights it. He's such a great actor. You know, he's he's almost tearing up in some of these scenes, uh, going before the court, pleading for his the, his relationship with his kids. It, like I was like, whoa! Like that. Yeah. This, this movie is actually really serious in some parts, <laughs> and like it ends so well with uh, Mrs. Doubtfire on the TV show. That yes. speech that uh, Robin Williams gives at the end is just hits the head, hits the nail on the head. There's a whole section of this movie that. I think there's several themes in this movie, which we don't say that about many of the movies yep. we review on the show, mm-hmm. but like several themes that you could walk away with. One of them, it's a very minor one. It's it's definitely not the first one you would think of, but it is literally, the movie is trying to say something about um, children's educational television. Yes. And again, it's, it's tertiary. Um, there's probably at, at least two other themes that are more important, more prominent mm-hmm. than that one, but it's there and... I found I've, I've found myself thinking about that and after watching kinda, the movie. It's kind of there from the start. Yes, because he gets fired from his job because he doesn't want to promote smoking to kids. Yeah, yeah. He literally says, uh, "I wrote it down because it was so funny." It's one of the. I think the first laugh I got in the movie was he's doing the voiceover and he says, "Lou, millions of kids see this cartoon. It's like sending them a pack of cigarettes and saying, light up.'" <laughs> <laughs> and then he's. He looks at the writers and they're all smoking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he says something like, oh, the jury's still out. Or, or no, it's a hung jury or whatever. Um, yeah, so funny. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about themes towards the end, kind of after we've kind of hit like all of our favorite um, scenes and characters and stuff like that. But um, can we just talk about Robin Williams as a voice? Yeah. A, a voice mm-hmm. productive person. Like his ability to do, I wrote down just half of the, the ones that he did. Um, he's, this is him doing impressions of people. Gandhi, Porky Pig, uh, of course, the characters in the cartoon that he's doing. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of those. Jack Nicholson, uh, an alien, just a random alien. Groucho Marx, Sean Connery. He's Sean Connery's spot on. Uh, Ronald Reagan, which yeah. I, I forgot he even did a Ronald Reagan impression. Um, that's I, I listed like seven or eight. That's ha- He is yeah. f- at least 15 in the movie. And, you know, yeah, it's... You've heard 
him do voices in Aladdin, but like none of these voices are in Aladdin. Mm-hmm. So like he and he does like fifteen in Aladdin. So like in just in two movies, it's like he he can do at least thirty voices and probably yeah. like could do seventy or eighty. Um, I can't really think of many other actors that you could point to that that is so good with his impressions than him. Yeah, and I mean I think when you talk about favorite actors or actresses, I think that's what makes Robin Williams so likable mm. is because he can, he can play so many different characters. <laughs> and I mean, when you talk about like talented actors or actresses, I feel like with his voice and impersonations, I feel like that almost vaults him to the top. Yeah. Or at least discussion in the top. Yeah, it definitely it definitely makes him. There were moments in the in the movie that I thought are probably not that far off from the actual human himself, yeah. Rob, Robin Williams, where he he's in trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, someone's very angry with him. It's usually Miranda, his wife, in this in this movie, but other people as well, a boss or whatever. And he tries to funny his way out of it. You you know, people like this in your real life. Oh that, yeah, for sure. That like oh, because I can make people laugh, I can get out of any situation, mm-hmm. no matter how dire it is. And it's in sometimes it works in this movie. Sometimes it doesn't like they, they say, sorry, you know, yeah, you're trying to be funny right now, but this isn't a funny moment, you know? Yep. Um, and I could see that happening to him in his real life too. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's, it's really great because he goes into that, that impression, the voice impression, and you want to laugh, but depending on what's going on in the scene, you might not laugh because you're not supposed to like he's, yeah. he's in trouble or whatever. So, um, yeah, pretty, pretty amazing. Um, so obviously his his character as Daniel is really good, and then Mrs. Doubtfire is just phenomenal, a completely different character. Yeah, um, and even like leading up to when um, Miranda is trying to find a nanny, which I mean I totally forgot him changing the phone number in the newspaper ad, which I, yeah, is so clever. Too. Yeah, and. He calls about like six times as a different person each time. <laughs> That's right. And it, and I mean, it's wonderful. Yeah. He has a different accent every time. And, um, it was so funny how he was like, basically what, it, if you haven't seen the movie and you know, just kind of want are listening to this just to be reminded about it. Like we'd love to tell you about the movie. Obviously we both really enjoyed our time with it, but he's basically trying to, make Miranda think that there's no hope by yeah. like being like the worst <laughs> possible housekeeper, potential housekeepers ever. And like half of them were talking about beating kids and like, you know, I don't do dishes or laundry. I, like, I don't like a boy because I used <laughs> yeah. to be one. Yeah. Um, and like, she just gets off the phone and she's just disgusted with all yeah. these, all these uh, people who are applying for the job. And so then when Mrs. Doubt is so brilliant, because once Mrs. Doubtfire calls, it's like, she is a godsend. She's an angel on the, the phone. The Smythe family, not the Smith family. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, from the moment that he she hears her voice, you can just see her complexion just release tension. Like she's like, oh, "This is it. I found yep. the housekeeper." You know, it's so, it's so brilliant how he stages all that. But yeah, from the moment, dude, that 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 wide berth swing of the door when she like when you when she reveals because you've seen. This is Doubtfire maybe from the back, like her head or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, side profile or whatever. But you don't get to see her fully until she's at the door at their residence. And Miranda does this like big sweeping door, like to reveal the character. And I just, I just grin through that entire yeah. thing every time they do that, because you're watch you're looking at someone on screen. There's a story, um, of 
Robin's real life son visited him on the set. Hmm. Uh, this is a real a true story that, that I read. Uh, it's been corroborated by several people where he came onto the set, was looking for his dad, could not find him. Mrs. Doubtfire was right there in the room. And he did not recognize him. His son. That's crazy. Yeah. And so like, yeah, when you see him transform, I, you know, we can do a lot with CGI and stuff mm-hmm. like that. There, there is no CGI here. It is 100% full practical effect. It's um, the other anecdote that I'll tell right now is uh, it's pretty, pretty well established that it took four and a half hours uh, to get Robin into the, just the mask. <laughs> Think about that. Four yeah. and a half hours. They were, there's a, uh, in the, in the, in the movie, several times this happens, you see him remove a mask. Mm-hmm. That is not the mask that they use. They, they, that mask just comes off in one piece. That was like a prosthetic that they came as a, yep. created as a prop. Um, what the actual mask was like eight to 10 different pieces that they had to put on. And each one took like, you know, 20 minutes or whatever. And they're caking makeup, over the top. He looks the same in every shot, but they filmed that over the course of a couple months, probably. Mm-hmm. And it literally took him like half a day, just to oh, half a work day, just to get into the That's, actual. That is crazy. Yeah. And so I mean, I feel like that's what makes this movie so good is yeah. you can see all that effort that they put into this movie. Yeah. Yeah, I forget what the. The, the makeup person, I think she's done, who's this she, has done like uh, Pirates of the Caribbean okay. and some other like huge makeup kind of roles or whatever. But mm-hmm. gosh, I might, I, I think Mrs. Doubtfire might be her best work. Like, yeah, it's pretty amazing how just the transformation that happens. Um, so, and then of course his, his accent, there's been some negative feedback I've, I've read online about his accent because he claims he's from, England, but he sounds more Scottish to me. Uh, and a lot of people think he's just, just, it's just a plain Scott accent. Um, I don't really care. It, it's, it's a, if anything, it's a commentary on like how Americans don't know, like they, yeah. they don't, reg, they don't mm-hmm. realize that stuff. But, um, yeah, I, his, when he turns on that voice and it goes in that high pitch or whatever, it's just, it's just perfect. Like yeah. it's, it's exactly the way that it should sound. Mm-hmm. So yeah, pretty cool. Um, I forgot Pierce Brosnan was in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I forgot. Mm-hmm. I knew no. there was another interest, like a yeah. love interest, but I, I could not, I couldn't have told you the actor. I think I remembered it was Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I pray it was pretty fresh in my mind. Like the main things that I forgot were different, like scenes, like, I totally forgot that they went to like a country club. Yeah, I, I don't. I didn't remember that scene whatsoever. You're talking about uh, with the when pool they, or when they go to the pool, the swimming pool. Yeah, the only the only part of, of that scene, that entire scene, I remember was the run by fruiting when he hits him yeah. in the head. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'd forgotten. I, I forgot that even took place at a pool. Like, yeah. it's, it's just a bar in that scene. The main scenes that I remembered for sure were, of course, the birthday party at the beginning. Um, the first time he meets the lay that's checking up on him and then the dinner scene at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Those were the three main scenes that I remembered, but everything else I kind of forgot about. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot he was even in it. Um, this, this had to have been the first movie I ever saw Pierce Brosnan. And, um, he had done a couple 
roles, I think, before this. His biggest thing was actually a television show. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget the... I can't recall the name of it right now, but he was on, on a TV show as like a main character for like five or five okay. to seven years or something like that. Um, so a lot of people would know him from that, but I, I didn't... Uh, Remington Steel. Okay. Uh, he was on Remington Steel for a long time. But this um, is like, what, like five or six years before he started playing James Pond? Two. Yeah, so he was... Gold, GoldenEye came out in 95. Okay. Uh, and so, of course, everyone knows Pierce Brosnan from, from GoldenEye, or from all four of his Bond uh, pictures, but... But yeah, no, I, this is actually the first movie I ever saw him in because okay. yeah, he, this came out a couple of years before GoldenEye. So, but yeah, that's, um, I, I didn't even know who he was mm-hmm. um, going to, to watch this movie in theaters. So, um, but obviously he's so good. He's, he's just that charming, almost not smarmy, but like, um, you know, d- you can tell definitely like he is going to weasel his way into whatever he needs to do. Um, but I, I, one thing I will say about his character that I, I did not see coming and I forgot, totally forgotten about is he's really not that bad of a guy. Like mm. he's very, he's again, very charming can, you know, can, uh, charm his way into any situation. Yeah. But, and he's, but he's not a snake about it. He's actually really touching and like really loves these kids. And, mm-hmm like is very complimentary of her and buys her really expensive gifts. Yep. He's obviously like a millionaire. And I, that was a little surprising to me. I, I had read and just read some trivia or whatever about the movie and they were really originally planning on him being like the villain yeah. of the movie. Cause that's usually how these type of movies go. Yes. You, you're brought up to hate the opposite love interest. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's the Adam Sandler thing where like he's the hero and that other guy's obviously a, a D bag, yep. you know. But this guy's actually kind of kind of cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I kind of liked him most of the time, which made towards the end of the movie me feel a little bad for him. I, I was yeah. a little surprised that they went the route of like let's make this guy a hero mm-hmm. um, because then when he gets taken down by um, you know Daniel at the end, it makes him look like the villain, but he didn't do anything to earn that status. So yeah. that was really the only negative I, I even had. It wasn't that big of a negative, but was like, I, I feel like they kind of didn't do his character the, the way that mm-hmm. felt as satisfying. Now it's also 93. And I think we've learned several things about that, about like what our culture wants to see in films. But um, yeah, that, that was a weird choice for me. Um, but I did like his character. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, it could only like really fall into place of like back in the nineties. It was a lot about like happy ending movies. Yeah. And obviously you don't want him to, which I mean, you're led to believe that they're going to get back together. I know it cuts away before, uh, that last scene cuts away, but you know that they most likely ended up back together. Yeah, it's actually that's another thing that was really curious to me is that they didn't just go full bore like, okay, let's get let's get remarried and you know like mm-hmm. get back into it. Again, like you said, they leave that up to the imagination. Most people are imagining and they do get back together eventually, um, but uh, that was probably a really strong temptation for them to do, and yeah. just they just resisted it. They're like, no, like we're, they're not going to be together by the end of the movie. Uh, we'll heavily insinuate that that they probably will, but you could just as easily come to the conclusion that no, you know, Daniel does something else mm-hmm. to screw it up or whatever. But, um, so, you know, I, we're kind of taking topics, you know, kind of willy nilly right now, but I'm, I'm trying to make it a little bit like smooth, you know, going from one topic to another. I think since we're on the subject, 
a big theme, maybe the biggest theme in the movie for me at least was about how a, a person can change. Yes. Um, and I, that was what, that's the heartwarming part that I was talking about 20 minutes ago mm-hmm. where I had forgotten. I, I knew he changed, but I didn't, I, I couldn't remember that. That's basically all the movie is really about is about him going from not a t- terrible, terrible husband, but definitely neglecting and definitely selfish mm-hmm. to, selfless and you know he'd always loved his kids but he hadn't like served or loved their mother at all in a long long time they've been married for like 14 years and how by becoming a different person he becomes a different person yeah (laughs) like in real life and that's really what the movie is about yeah because he definitely as the movie goes on he definitely gets a newfound appreciation for his wife. Yes. Which he really didn't have at the beginning. Um, when him and Miranda are really going through struggles. But as the movie goes on, I think he realizes how much he can't live without her. Yeah. Yeah. I Some of the best scenes in the movie, honestly, are when the two of them, as Mrs. Doubtfire, not as Daniel... Um, are talking, um, you know, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire and Miranda are talking and he's learning things about her that he never knew because, Mm -hmm. you know, she's not perfect either. Like she hasn't been upfront with him about what she wants, what she needs. Um, of course he's mostly the one at fault for the divorce, but, but he's like learning things. He's like, Oh, I never knew that about you, but he has to play it off. Like, Oh, that's nice to know, dearie, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so, yeah, I, I liked that. And then also like him like learning about himself through those conversations. He's like, well, tell me about your hu- your ex-husband. You know, why, why why was he so bad? And like her like relaying to Mrs. Doubtfire all this information. It's like yeah. he's hearing it for the first time. He's like, oh my gosh, my eyes have been opened to mm-hmm. the, not the monster I became, but you know, something like that. So yeah. And um, I feel like where the educational TV part comes in, he becomes a better dad by caring for these kids and having them really truly care about their studies. Yeah. And I feel like he gets to know his kids much more on a deeper level as well. Yeah. Yeah. They, they really come to love Mrs. Doubtfire to the point where basically, you know, when everything unravels and they find out that, you know, Daniel is Mrs. Doubtfire, it's like, okay, he's, he's gone. Like he, obviously she fires Mrs. Doubtfire who never existed. But then the, the kids are like, we miss her. We yeah. met, we miss Mrs. Doubtfire. And Miranda has that funny line of like, why are we talking about this person? As she, as if she's real, <laughs> like, yeah. it wasn't a real person. It's a fake person. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're like, and we know she's not real, but she's real to us. And yeah. she, um, was such a, a incredible part of our life. Miranda really talks about Mrs. Doubtfire as the catalyst for change. Like that mm-hmm. made them all happy. Like they were all happier because Mrs. Doubtfire was in their yeah. life. And then uh, obviously the big realization of like, that was Daniel the whole time. Like mm-hmm. Daniel has the ability to make us happy. He just has to change his ways. You know? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Um, by the way, let's talk about the kids cast, I guess that little girl, she might literally be the cutest girl I've ever seen in a film. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, there's other really good, you can talk about kids, kids that are like powerful on screen, like Macaulay Culkin, Home Alone. You know, there are other like standout people, but mm-hmm. 
um, holy crap, dude. Like, and she's a nobody, by the way. She's, she did, she acted in several other movies throughout the rest of the nineties and t- early two thousands. But then she like quit Hollywood for like 14 years. And I think only recently has she come back to actually do pictures again, but she's not like this. Like I, I had to look at her name up. It was like Mara something. I was like, I've never heard of this girl. Yeah. She's in miracle on 34th street. And then, uh, Matilda. Matilda. Yeah. And then after Matilda, like it just she just dropped off, mm-hmm. and so. But if you've seen Matilda, it's like okay, she, you know you've seen her a lot on screen. She's not on screen very much in this movie, but her cute little lisp that she has in her voice and yeah. like the high pitched and like kids say the darndest things, and mm-hmm. it's just she is she literally doesn't utter a line in this movie that doesn't make you smile. She's yeah. absolutely adorable. And then like as we're watching this, uh, Caitlin was like well, where have I seen the sun before? And I was like, well, he's Jack from Boy Meets World. Dude, I didn't realize that. Yeah. I never made that connection. That's so obvious now that I, I yep. hear it. So, huh. um, yeah, he's Jack, Eric's roommate for like three seasons of Boy Meets World. Wow. I, yeah, I did not pick up on that at all. But yeah, that's, that makes perfect sense. But I think he was in some other... I think he was in Angels in the End Zone or something like that. Outfield? End Zone. There's oh. a Angels in what? the End Zone. I didn't know there was yeah. that, that movie. Um, interesting. So, so. But but he's not, I mean, Boy Meets World obviously is a huge role mm-hmm. for him. Um, but like, I mean, his filmography is probably really short list yeah. too. Like, um, they're fantastic in this movie, but like they didn't necessarily go on to do these like huge careers, mm-hmm. you know? So um, we haven't even talked about really on the face of it, I haven't talked about Sally field. She's, she's go- phenomenal. gob stopping in this movie. Yep. I, I can't believe how she feels like a real mom. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if she actually was a mom at this point in her life. She probably, yeah. maybe she was, but like she's, she's like every mom you've ever known, <laughs> like all packaged into one and how she like, she's doing this for her kids. Like she wants to defend them. She was also like a, a early nineties kind of, um, you know, working mom, like, you know, she's got a career that she has to yep. think about and like how, you know, she can't do her career because of how, Dan- how destructive Daniel is in their family. And, you know, she's willing to put it all on the line to, to sacrifice, you know, sacrifice whatever she has to, including their marriage to save their family, you know? Um, and her eyes, how she, she, you know, just uh, little grimaces and she's just so captivating on screen. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I bought, she, everything she was selling, I bought, um, from yeah. beginning to end. So she's really, really good. Um, favorite scenes. Uh, we talked about a lot of them already, I guess. Yeah. But. Um, I would just say like one that I totally forgot about was how his kids find out, which I mean, this is one of the edgier scenes. Yes. Too. Yeah. But I mean, I was just like, I did not remember that <laughs> whatsoever, but I, it was a laugh out loud moment for me. And then, of course, I love it when his first mask gets ran over. Oh, and yeah. He's like, no, 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 uh, to the garbage truck. And <laughs> of course, the garbage man can't see him. Yeah. He's like 50 feet above the ground and just watching that. And I mean, it's, and it's just comical where. It's the whole two places in one time, or two places at once, with him just going back and forth as Daniel and Mrs. Doubtfire in the restaurant. It's just priceless. And then 
of course has to get like mixed up and that's really where he gets his big break for television is when he comes out as Mrs. Doubtfire to the <laughs> boss guy. Yeah. And, but it's just comical. And like when he walks it out of the women's bathroom dressed as a man. Yeah. And the guy's like, are you wearing lipstick? <laughs> and then he gets a lot of weird looks yeah. throughout the film. And, and then like the whole. Dude, there's one part in a montage scene where a, a thief tries to steal his purse. Yeah. And he like like basically attacks the guy and, and shouts at him in like his gruff, like bassy kind of voice. Yeah. But, you know, obviously it looks the way he looks. And I I die laughing every time I see that. And like even, oh, what what else is there? The bus driver, man. I, yeah. The I, bus driver has the hots for <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire. It's and, so great. And even when he sees Mrs. Doubtfire's hairy legs, he's just like. <laughs> I can't remember exactly what he says, but he's, he's basically like, like... He's like, I, I like that Mediterranean look. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like... <laughs> but, I mean, it's just... By the way, they could not have picked a hairier man on the planet to yeah. play Mrs. Doubtfire. Like, he is... I think he even makes a joke about himself towards the end of the film. He's like, he's like, um, don't you like the the funny furry guy? Or <laughs> Like, mm-hmm. he is really, really hairy. Um, and so, yeah, to, to make him a woman, I think it's just comical. And then I love the line um, from his son when he's like, you look like you could play fullback in the <laughs> NFL. And then uh, Mrs. Doubtfire goes on about how she played uh, fullback for her English football team. and Mini, mini soccer. <laughs> yeah. And they won the championship three years in a row. <laughs> And they're, they're, during that same montage scene, uh, or, you know, with the the, per, uh, the purse snatching, he like she, I guess, Mrs. Doubtfire, plays soccer with the kids, like and like mm-hmm. helps him, like you know, learn how to play and stuff like that. Yeah. And those are some of the like the really cool moments in the show where um, it's it's him being very manly, but no one's picking up on it, and, um, and and yet it means something to somebody. Like it's it's very meaningful, obviously, to his son in those scenes. So yeah, because obviously, like. I feel like Miranda, when she first meets Mrs. Doubtfire, it de- she definitely reminds Miranda of somebody, but she just can't put her finger on it. Yeah. And, but so, I mean, I feel like it's so obvious, but at other times it's it's just so well done. I thought several times about this is basically the Clark Kent Superman thing. Mm-hmm. Like Superman's right in front of you, but yeah. like because he's wearing glasses and a suit and tie, you don't recognize him. Like it's just one of those things where like like hiding in plain sight, I think is a real thing. Like mm-hmm. it, it really happens in real yeah. life, um, where it, your mind just it, it's like when um, so it's that the opposite in reverse happens, I think as well. Um, you go to the mall, you see somebody out of context, right? Like you only seen this person at yeah. work or you've only seen this person at church or something like that. And you see him, you've, you've seen him, you've even talked to him a hundred times. Mm-hmm. You see him at the mall and you're like, I think I know that person. What's that person's name? And it's like your brain like literally disconnects because you're seeing them out of the context that you normally see them in. And so I think the opposite of tr- is true as well. So like I kind of buy it and especially because his makeup is so darn good um, in in the film. I, I buy it the whole time. Like, you know, that they wouldn't know that yeah. it's actually him. And I mean, like the whole scene with Mrs. Selner. Yeah. It's just like, how could you be? <laughs> but I mean... <laughs> <laughs> he he puts on a great show, yeah. but it's just like you you can't tell me that 
you won't think something <laughs> is up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, there's definitely some sus- suspension of belief for sure. Um, I-, I love the cooking scene. So like he's, um, he's cooking at their house, like yep. at, at Miranda's house. And, you know, obviously he does a terrible job. He burns the food and himself, um, his chest catches on fire. He puts it out with the pans. Yeah. <laughs> and then he makes a hot flashes joke. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's iconic. I think obviously, um, uh, I, lo- I love the, the run by fruiting. It's so great. Like it's, there are several scenes where I was just like, it's, it's those like raw, raw scenes where yeah. you're just like, yes, yes, that's exactly what I would want to do in that, in that situation, but wouldn't have the, the guts to do it. Um, he literally throws a, um, it's like a lime or something yep. at the back of his head and hit and just pelts him. And, uh, he turns around, he's like, who threw that? He's like, Oh, I just saw it. It was a run by fruiting or whatever. Um, but, um, yeah, that that one's really good. Um, <laughs> I love how in that same scene, he's like, I'll just stand here and watch you walk, uh, or, uh, moving on my family. <laughs> yeah. And then like the whole, it's actually kind of funny because in the middle school that I teach at, our English teacher does a section about kind of like horror type genre. Huh. And there she actually shows this trailer of like what Mrs. Doubtfire would be like if it was a horror movie. Oh, wow. And in the trailer, it shows the scene where there, where he's, where Mrs. Doubtfire is like looking out and it's actually where Mrs. Doubtfire flips the bird. And, <laughs> but, but I mean, you, you could totally, go for like a horror movie oh, with yeah. that look of disgust. That's really funny. Yeah. I that's really clever. Like it's really creative that when people can take a movie like that and like just clip out certain parts and make yeah. it look like something else. So I mean, but I feel like there are just so many moments in this movie where it was just laugh out loud. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I, I was dying. I mean it's a very, we've already touched on it. It's a very heartwarming film. Yeah. There are some serious parts, but overall, this movie makes you feel good. One thing I, I want to touch on that. One, one of the things that I'd forgotten about the movie is Daniel legit like loves his kids. Yeah. Like at the end of the movie, he says, I'm addicted to my children. Mm-hmm. And that hit me as a now a dad, mm-hmm. hit me right in the feels, man. I was like, yes, I, I understand what that feeling is yeah. like. I I would do anything. I would die for my kids. Like in a heartbeat, I wouldn't even think about it. Like my kids and obviously my wife too, but like my family is everything to me. And like yeah. to watch his heart break over the moments where he like, there's a moment where he literally thinks like, I'll never see my kids again. Mm-hmm. And you just see just the the reserve to doom on his face. Like he just, he's just like, okay, this is it. This is the end of my life because I never get to see my kids again. Um, it, he's pleading with Miranda. It, it's, it's not de- quite dead poet society level acting, but mm-hmm. he's pretty close to it where he's like, just pleading with Miranda. He's like, he's like, I am the only t- chance I'm going to get to see my kids is with a supervisor in the room. I mean, when I hug them about why is he hugging them right now? Because they see me as a convict and that's how I'm going to live the rest of my life because yeah. of you, like, because of what you've done to me, like it's, yeah, it's tragic. There, there's some moments in the, in the movie that, that really made me yeah. um, feel for him. Really the only, like talking about other movies, the only movie that I really feel like you really get all the feels when their kids are being taken away from them is the Santa Claus 
with Tim Allen. Oh yeah. When yeah yeah when he's going through the whole thing with Charlie. Yeah. And that's really the only other time where you're just like, this is so depressing because yeah. Um, in Santa Claus, Scott Calvin obviously loves Charlie so much. And then in this movie, Daniel loves his children so much and you just feel like awful for them. Yeah, that's a good comparison. Um, you know, uh, it's funny you mentioned that Tim Allen was actually um, like on the top of the list for like choices to play this role. That like, doesn't surprise me yeah, at all. Yeah, they were trying to get Tim, Tim Allen to, to do Daniel slash Mrs. Doubtfire. There's no way he would have done a better job yeah. than Robin Williams. But um, yeah, they were actually considering Tim um, for the role at first. But yeah, those movies are really similar as far as what you what you glean from it, um, the, the humor versus the, the serious. But um I uh, I can't believe we skipped over them, but they're also not in the movie very much. But um, uh, Uncle Frank and Aunt Jack, yeah, <laughs> are so funny. And boy, the, the the gravelly like the bassy kind of voice of is it Uncle Frank? Yeah, yeah Uncle Frank, Frank um, is just so icon so iconic. Like I've seen him in a couple other things, and he just always sounds like that. Like he's literally smoked a you know. 10 packs of cigarettes before he goes on on mom he doesn't want to talk to you (laughs) that's a good that's a good impression do you want to go stay with mom (laughs) it's it's like that um uh i don't know it's a boston or manhattan kind of accent but yeah it's really strong and really deep uh voice but um yeah he's the 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 pair it's mostly uncle frank i guess because he's the actual brother um you know daniel's brother but is just really great. I, I every time that they're on screen, I'm laughing. Obviously, Robin and that actor had like a really good cro- um, uh, bond. Yeah, yep. as they were acting, bouncing off of each other. Um, when he's <laughs> trying out different masks and like, like at one point he makes him into like a like a Jewish grandmother mm-hmm. <laughs> at one point, and he's like doing all the voices and everything. That's such a great montage scene too. Um, and you know he, like you said the first mask gets flattened. He has to go back for a, for a replacement. <laughs> He's like, you know, make some joke about, you know, try not to ruin this one or whatever. Yeah. But, um, they're not in the movie that much. I actually kind of wish they were in it more, but, um, the movie's also over two hours long. Yeah. I, I didn't feel it. I, it actually went by really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause there's, there's something always happening. There's the momentum is really good and the pacing yeah. is really good in the movie. Um, so it would have made it even longer if they were in it. But, um, and obviously everyone's there to see Robin, but, Boy, I, I really like those characters a lot. They're they're really funny to me. But yeah, I mean, the star power in this movie is all oh, yeah. over this movie. And I mean, you just have Robin Williams, Sally Field, and Pierce Brosnan. And all three of those have had their movie where, I mean, there's star power galore. Yeah. Yeah, um... I want to just highlight a couple things just from the final scene because that final scene takes takes up like the last ten minutes yep. of the movie. It's, it's a big chunk of the movie. Um, his teeth fall out in the drink <laughs> at one point, which I I was just die- you can see it actually start to fall out and then mm-hmm. it does. And um, how they're like trying to <laughs> he's trying to get it out of the drink and it's like pinch it like, yep. do the pinch remove or whatever trying to get it out whatever. Um, that was not in the script, <laughs> if you can believe that. So. Um, None of the actors at that table knew that Robin was going to do it. He did it on purpose, um, and he wanted didn't tell them about it because he wanted their genuine reaction to him, like yeah. literally having his teeth fall out in the drink. Um, and I, I thought I, that is part of the brilliance of Robin Williams. Like he was, he was the king of that. Every movie he probably ever did, he would, he would like just 
troll people like yeah. it, but not in a mean way like just hey let's have some fun together kind of way um he was he was also known as taking you know 24 different takes on one scene you know because he was so meticulous about yep. getting, getting it right mm-hmm. but he had a lot of levity on the set and some of that stuff made it into the movie like um the whole it, this is where it gets the movie gets the most vulgar so i'm not gonna repeat what he says but he's talking about he comes to it with like nine or ten, ten different like double entendre words for like for having sex basically mm-hmm. and he just rails all those off like just boom 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 without skipping a beat all of that was ad-libbed like that, that none of that was in the script yeah. so like he's he's just and of course you can see if you go back knowing that go back and watch that scene you can see pierce kind of like starts to crack a smile at the corners of his mouth he's trying to keep it together because robin williams is just his hilarious improvisation skills are just through the roof yeah and i actually watched a few minutes of a interview with pierce about filming with him mm-hmm. uh he was on a late night talk show. I, was, I think it was conan he was on and he was talking about what it was like to act against robin and he's like he's like i had been on remington steel i did all these other things like it's not like i was like new to the hollywood scene i had done a, a bunch of stuff that people knew me for and and when i came on the on the set it, you know a lot of people were like hey i've seen your work you're great but he's like but when i got on the set in this and the cameras rolled and robin does his thing I knew I was just completely out of my league. Like he was, he just, but not in a mean way. Like he's like, I, I was just in awe and inspired by this man. Like just the, what he could do in, in, on that set, in that moment. Um, I could just tell like he owned the room. Yeah. I feel like there are very few comedians that can stand up to Robin Williams. Yeah. I mean, Jim Carrey probably can hold his own. (laughs) Yeah. Cause that's another, uh, actor that is just super ultra talented. Yeah. But I mean, there really are not many that can do that. Mike Myers is another one. Yeah. But other than that, there really isn't that many people that can take on the role, so many different roles. Yeah. In a movie or even in their career. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think Robin and Jim have ever been in the same movie together, I, have they? I don't think so. I mean, I would say, let's say that that's true, because I, I can't think of one. Um, I think the the clear reason for that is because you can't have two powerhouse mm-hmm. comedic performers on screen at the same time without them constantly trying to outdo each other. I think that ruins the movie. Like it, you, you have to have a straight man in in any yeah. you know comedic confrontation. So. Um, yeah, putting Robin Williams and Jim Carrey on screen together would just be, I think, too frantic. Like, it just wouldn't be appealing to, to audiences to watch that kind of, uh, you know, mayhem for two hours. So, but yeah, that, that is a good comparison. I think they're actually really similar. Yeah. Um, the other scene I wanted to talk about is, because I, I couldn't remember how how the facade falls off, mm-hmm. um, quite literally in this in this case, but it's when... He tr- he he tries to poison stew, which, <laughs> which I think is so funny that he yeah. even tries to do that. He's deathly allergic to cayenne pepper, and so he he puts on as Mrs. Doubtfire goes and finds his way into a kitchen, puts on an apron, pretends he's part of the staff, and then just dumps a, like a half a pound of cayenne into his jambalaya, and it get, of course gets out to him. You know, Pierce uh, stews. Uh, Stu, the Pierce Brosnan character, takes the one bite of one shrimp and just loses it. It goes down his gullet and blocks his air passage, and he can't he can't breathe anymore, and he's dying. And earlier, this had been you know kind of telegraphed earlier, but um, 
Mrs. Doubtfire had mentioned that she's really good at CPR and the mm-hmm. Heimlich. So then that pays off here, and <laughs> he has to give Stu the Heimlich, and he's like picking it. Pierce Brosnan's a big dude. Yeah, like he picks him up off the ground several times, and he's just like <laughs> just <laughs> leaning him into his body over again. I'm dying laughing, and. And uh, eventually he <laughs> falls backwards onto the ground and Pierce literally falls on him like mm-hmm. as they like, both go down together and the, the shrimp goes flying out and he saved his life. But when he stands up, his mask is completely destroyed because Pierce uh, Stu just like rolled all over yeah. all over his face. So, um, and, and dude, Sally Field's performance in that moment is so good. Like mm-hmm. she's just like, what the, the whole time, the, the whole time, really the whole time. And, I I gotta go. I can't stay. She just leaves. I'm just like, wow, that's great. Like that's exactly how I thought that would go down. So, but yeah, it's just that seems great. Yeah, and I mean, we talked about how it's a ten minute scene, but this scene I could take the cake for this movie. Yeah, there is so much that happens in this scene. Oh, yeah, it's- from the teeth to the whole stick of going back and forward from Mrs. Doubtfire to Daniel. And he's drinking, he's drinking all those drinks. Yeah. Like <laughs> and I mean, he's obviously intoxicated at this point. Cause he, he goes to this, the table with this, um, Mr. Landy, I think is what yep. his name is. He's like the CEO of this like local TV station. And he keeps like making him take all these drinks and yep. he's just, he's just pounding the stuff back. And yeah, obviously that, ha- that place. And then he there. has the wine at, yeah, uh, the other table. He's drinking at both tables. Yeah, it's just like, oh my goodness, and <laughs> and just how he like gets away from each. Like at one point for Mister Landy, he's like, oh, I'm gonna go see if the waitress has a friend, <laughs> and then like the whole, <laughs> yeah. I have to, I have to go apply heat to get my teeth back in. Oh yeah, it's just oh, it's so gold, man. I, this is this movie is how you do a climactic ending for a, for a comedy film. Mm-hmm. I think that's really hard to pull off, and a lot of movies. Some of my favorite movies, like if, if my gut like shoot from the hip reaction of what's your, one of your fa- favorite comedies of all time, I always see Tommy Boy. I, mm-hmm. I've watched that movie fifty more than fifty times. Yeah. I can quote half of it. That movie is very special to me. But the ending of that movie is just kind of it just kind of falls yeah. at, at the end. It's hilarious up to that point. Um, I, I kind of feel the same way about Dumb and Dumber. I, that, that movie is so funny <laughs> to me from from middle, yeah. from front to middle to end, but the end of the movie just kind of deus it ex machina. in a hurry. Yeah, it's, it's a deus ex machina thing where it's like there's a, you know, um, uh, ghost in the machine or whatever, or God in the machine or whatever that phrase means, where basically it's just like, this is, we're just going to end it. Yeah. Just hurry up and end it and roll credits. It's like no, like this movie is so perfect, like how it ends it and ties up every loose string. It's it's a, uh, I don't know. I I I knew I was gonna like it because of the comedy. I walked away from the movie a couple nights going, that is a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's it, yes, it's funny, but it is the total package of just everything altogether. There's even a little bit of romance in it, even yeah. though it's not overt. Um, it's under the surface. So there's, you've got romance, you've got drama, you've got comedy. Um, it's teaching lessons. It's, it's, what else would you even ask for from this film? Like it's, it's exactly, that's why it did so well. Like it had like a $25 million budget and it made like a half a billion dollars in 93. So it's because everyone was telling their friends, you have to go see this. Yeah. And 
I mean, this easily is, in my opinion, movies I've seen with Robin Williams in it. This is easily, I don't know if it takes number one because I do love Hook very much. And I also love Aladdin. Aladdin's one of my favorite Disney movies of all time. So those, and Mrs. Doubtfire, those three are probably a very close tie for me. Yeah, and Um, they all came out pretty pretty close to each other. um, Hook came out in 91, Aladdin 92, and Mrs. Doubtfire 93. Okay, I didn't know they were that, that close. Yeah. So, I mean, it just... Like, I just pulled up Robin Williams's IMDb, like, five minutes ago, and the list of stuff he did. Oh, it's... And, like, in the time frame. Like, he did, like, five or six things in 91. Wow. And it's just, like, this guy is phenomenal. Yeah, he was a hard hard worker back then. And um, it's very hard to replace him. Oh, I don't think anyone can. I mean, yeah. it, when they announced that Will Smith was going to be the genie in, in the the new remake of Aladdin, mm-hmm. I, I was I almost didn't even want to see the film. Like, yeah. I, I was just like, no one can replace him. You mm-hmm. know, of course they weren't trying to. They, you know, at that point he had already, um, I think he'd already passed away, right? Yeah. Um, but you know, it's like okay, we want to remake this movie. Who can we get? But even Disney would admit, hey, no, even Will Smith would would admit, mm-hmm. no one can replace Robin Williams. So, but yeah, he's, um, he's very special. I, as far as, especially American Hollywood production and especially, you know, the comedy portion of it, you know, you talk about Jim Carrey and a couple others, but, um, he is irreplaceable, um, deeply missed. Um, he'll, no one will, I don't think anyone could ever pull out, pull off what he accomplished in his life. Um, you know, maybe Jim is a, a close second or really. Yeah. Know. I, I really only think like, I also mentioned Mike Myers, but really I, if anyone could replace Robin Williams, it's Jim Carrey. Yeah. And that's probably it. And their, their careers are very similar. Right? You made, you're the one that made that uh, connection, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, both of them did serious movies, dead poets and mm-hmm. Jim Carrey's done his share of, of, um, you know, spotless mind and other serious movies. Um, they both have done like the wild, crazy, zany stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, Ace Ventura. Yeah, exactly. Both of them have done uh, multiple roles like that. Um, they both have had long story careers. You know, um, uh, Robin was older than Jim, but you know, Jim's still cooking too. So yeah, uh, their careers will be very similar in length. I, there, there's a lot of comparisons between the two. Um, I don't know which one I would like more, but I, I, I can tell you, I as far as just the film in general, mm-hmm. I've enjoyed Robin's films, but more yeah. um, than Jim Carrey. Um, although I do like several of Jim Carrey's movies too, but um, yeah, he's irreplaceable. Um, I want to touch on one more trivia thing that I wrote, wrote I read. Was, you wrote Phil? I, I, I wrote this uh, for, for Buzzfeed. Uh, <laughs> now I, I read this uh, after watching the movie that um, when he died, when Robin Williams, the news came out that he had died, um, fans of his to pay uh, respect and memorial to him uh, went to the house in San Francisco. San Francisco, yeah. So the house where this movie was filmed. By the way, at one point, it's in the ad for um, for the job. Uh, they put an address down. That is the actual address of the hmm. house. Like they didn't 
try to fake it or anything. Like yeah. it's the, the house that they mentioned is, is like the actual where you can find that house today. And people went to that house and, you know, laid flowers and whatever. And then that house immediately became a museum, like either for the movie or for Robin or for both. Or I, I don't know okay. exactly how that worked, but um, I think people had been living there, but then they sold or whatever it became, it got transformed into a museum. So um, I, that tells you that this is, this is the movie people think of when they think of yeah. classic Robin Williams. Now he did movies, you know, for 30 years after that, uh, almost 30, well, not, I guess 20 years, 22 years or whatever mm-hmm. after that. But, um, but yeah, the people, this is the movie that people think of. And that's the movie people immediately thought of when, when he died was that movie meant so much to me. Yeah. And you know, and I want to pay my, my respects. So, yeah. And I mean, it's just one of those movies where, we talk about nostalgia and we talked about the same thing with Princess Bride. Yeah. There will never be another movie like Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, I said I had no more trivia for you. <laughs> they, they wanted to make a Mrs. Doubtfire 2 yeah. in the mid-2000s. I want to say around 2004, 2005. And um, Robin was never satisfied with the script. He, he read it. You know, they had several revisions. Mm-hmm. He read them all, but he was not happy with what one of the ideas was. Um, his daughter was going to go off to college, and in order to keep an eye on her and like keep her from getting out of trouble and doing things that she shouldn't be doing in college, that that he would reprise the roles Mrs. Doubtfire as like you know a librarian, like someone who worked at the college, yeah. to, like basically keep an eye on her at college. But it just he said it didn't play well. It, he didn't feel like it was very well written. Uh, so they never made a Mrs. Doubtfire too, and. Honestly, I don't think they ever will. And if they do, it's not going to do very well because yep. it's you'll never be able to capture the fire of the of that original. So, um, yeah, it's honestly like when Disney acquired 20th Century Fox, which is what this movie originally was. Um, they they struck gold with with this film and several mm-hmm. others. Like this was this is a huge addition to their library, um, and so. Yeah. It must have been wrapped up in Netflix deals or something because it didn't it just now, like a month or two ago, it came to the service. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't even it's on, on very Disney+. recent. Yeah. So have we gloated about this movie enough? <laughs> Obviously, if you've made it this far and still haven't watched the movie, definitely watch it. It, it holds up. I, I was not... I was not expecting all of it to hold up. And yeah, there's a couple like groaner, like nineties rap you yeah. know, moments or whatever uh, that maybe don't stand the test of time, but I, almost all of the, the movie is so, I think it's maybe even more true um, to real life today. Um, yeah, than for sure. Even back then. So. And I mean, talking about negatives, there really isn't much to besides like the nineties rap. You talked about that. And I mean, I'm not always one for like coarse jokes and language stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, that got, I mean, I don't think it's overwhelming. I mean, I've definitely seen movies where they cuss a lot more than they did in this movie. But I I really honestly kind of like Princess Bride. There really is not much to critique in this movie. Yeah. Yep, uh, it's is a high recommend uh, for me and Grant. Obviously, this um, this movie is one of the greats. So yeah, I I, uh, I was not prepared for how much I loved it. I, mm-hmm. I knew I would like it, but I I was completely over the moon. So, um, 
All right, we're going to do uh, what else have you been watching on Disney Plus? I'm going to go first because if I don't go first and I go second, then and then I, I go right into. You're going to forget. No, well, no, like I, I end up just talking for like 20 minutes You're straight. Fine. Yeah, nobody wants to hear that. So I'll go first, you go second, and then I'll talk about what's coming up okay. uh, next on Disney Plus. Um, uh, Monsters at Work episode nine. The show's still not funny, but I'm enjoying it more. Okay. And I think the, the reason for that is because the characters are really endearing. Like, mm-hmm. I, I really feel like I'm getting to know them, and they are so different from one another. Yeah. If you've ever seen a, a sitcom or even a serious show, and, and like, I feel like I know these guys, like, these are my friends. I'm starting to get that way with Monsters at Work, and I was not expecting to get there ever. Okay. So, um, yeah, it's definitely worth watching. There's only one episode left. We'll talk about that here in a second. Oh, but, okay. Um, they're only doing 10 episodes. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that was going to be my next question was, how many episodes do they have left? Yeah, at the, at the time of this recording, there's just a couple days left um, to, to the fun, the season one finale. I don't know if they're doing the season two. Um, I honestly would, would welcome it. Um, okay. I wouldn't expect it to probably be any funnier than season one has been, which it hasn't been particularly funny. Um, unless they get, you know, scrap all their writers or whatever. But yeah. Um, I, I think even the Mike Wazowski's character is not that funny in the show and it's not Billy Crystal's fault. It's mm-hmm. I, I just, the writing is not on par with typical Pixar stuff, but um, boy, if not the, if the characters aren't just completely adorable and, and lovable, like I, I, I really have fallen in love with the characters in the show. Um, yeah. Even though not every episode is, you know, necessarily a banger. Okay. Um, so yeah, definitely still recommend that one. Um, I watched, I did watch, uh, I said I was going to, and I wasn't sure I would get to it, but I did, uh, making of the Mandalorian season two finale. Um, did you have, did you watch this? Are you I, going to watch it? I probably won't watch it. Yeah. Just so busy. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's about 40 minutes or 39 okay. minutes long, whatever. I think, I think if I just talked about it for a few minutes, I think I can give you all the information that you would find yeah. interesting about it. I mean, basically... I would say the big things that I probably want to know is like the Mark Hamill stuff and yeah, well that's I mean that is seventy percent okay. of, of the documentary is is all about how they did it. Um, so uh, first off, before I get into like the actual technical of it, um, nobody knew about Luke coming back on the set. We've talked about this with Marvel yeah. stuff. It's just as true on the Star Wars side. Uh, John Favreau, Dave Filoni, a few other execs knew, and then they told people as needed. Here's how they did it. And this was fascinating to me. I never would have thought they would do this. They told everyone and they put in the script that it was Plo Koon coming, uh, taking a uh, in-person role. Plo Koon is in like the background of a couple like live action, mm-hmm. the prequel movies, and has been a bigger character in the animated series, but has not had like a, like a very prominent voice role in, in a live action sense. Okay. And so when, and Dave Filoni like, Dave Filoni, his favorite Jedi is Plo Koon, which is super weird to me. Like I, there's like a t- ten other Jedi I can think of that are better, mm-hmm. but he, he, for whatever reason, he loves Plo Koon. So they said they told all of the the cameramen, the people working on sound editing, <laughs> like all that kind of stuff, the set design that Plo Koon was. Gonna, it's in the script. They showed like a screenshot of the of the script. Yeah, and they said Plo Koon walks onto the set or whatever. So like that's what they that's what everyone thought was the person that was going to be in it. And then at the very end, they switched it out and brought Mark Hamill on. When they brought Mark Hamill onto the set, they told everyone to go home. Like it was like skeleton crew, <laughs> like because they didn't want anyone to know about this until it actually aired. So think about being that cameraman on the set, whatever you were told to go home. And you're like, oh, that's weird. Okay, I'll go home, whatever. And then watching it on Disney Plus and going, oh my gosh, they did it. Yeah. <laughs> like they brought in freaking Luke Skywalker. So um, pretty cool. 
um, <clears throat> they weren't sure how much to put Luke into the show because they didn't mm-hmm. want him to be like too much. Luke is like he takes over the whole show at that yeah. point, and then too little is like you're not giving fans what they want. So they they fought over that for quite a while. Um, so it was actually Mark Hamill on the set. I I, w- I wondered how technically how they pulled it off to to DH him to mm-hmm. make make him look super young. Um, but and I was thinking like, well, they probably had a stand-in actor. The answer is both so they had a guy they just called him max i don't know why they didn't tell us his last name but max was the he like they showed him like on set a couple times Mm -hmm. he is like a scary spitting image of of young mark hamill like yeah i think i've read articles about him yeah he's like i he he's mark hamill like it's Mm -hmm. it's he doesn't sound like him but he looks exactly like him especially with the haircut and so they used him for like the action shots because i mean mark's old like they they're not having him like you know, spin a lightsaber around. And so they did him for a lot of the action shots and, and some of the still standing shots as well. Just his body, I think is what they captured. But, um, but when they actually had Mark come on set, they had him act out the scene. Like it was him, like, Mm -hmm. you know, 70 something year old Mark, Mark Hamill on set. Um, they basically did what, what's called a deep fake, which is to basically take what they do is, it's so crazy to me, the technology they, and it's not even where they wanted it to be, but it's, it's amazing. It's mind mind blowing to think about what they did was they, they fed this computer hundreds and hundreds of hours of Mark Hamill footage. Imagine compiling all that for one thing, but they fed the computer. Here, here's all the footage, watch all of this. And so the computer watched all the footage, the video footage of him. And then they did the same thing with speech. Listen to all this, audio footage of him talking like in interviews, a book on tape that he recorded in the 1980s, like, like all this kind of stuff to kind of just collect a profile about this person. And then they visually and audibly, you know, took everything that the camera was seeing and just replaced the face with how the computer saw this person. It's crazy. Unbelievable. that AI is, is at that level. So that's basically how they do the, the de-aging thing is they, they have all this, the source material with which to build a foundation and then they just kind of execute from there. Um, and so like if Mark does a, a, a smirk with his mouth or whatever, it says, okay, I, I see that smirk. I'm going to translate that into what it should lo- look like for this fake human that I've mm-hmm. created. Um, so yeah, pretty cool. Um, let's see. Uh, they never used any John Williams music in all like 20 of the episode or whatever. Yeah. All, two seasons of that show, they never used a single note of John Williams huh. music because they knew they were saving it for Luke. Yeah. So when Luke is, when you can, they, they show you the clip, but he takes that hood off in the, like the cockpit area of that ship at the very end, takes the hood off and you see his face and you know, you've seen the, the X wing, you've seen the green light, you know, like you're like, it could be Luke, but your mind can't, can't find it its way to go to go there and then they they pull the hood off and then and then you hear the and you're just like oh oh my gosh and so they like they on purpose like they were like we're never going to play any star wars music until we get to that scene uh to make it you know pop even more these guys are masters at, at their craft um yeah, I think that that's about it. I thought those are kind of the highlights. Yeah. I, like I said, it's about thirty eight minutes or whatever of of lots of other stuff. But um, it was fascinating. I I'm into computer stuff. I work mm-hmm. in a computer field, and the fact that they're the the respeecher application that they bought to to do the audio stuff is like 
I don't even know if it's a thousand dollars. It's like less than a thousand dollars. Like it's it's literally and and John John Favreau was saying this over and over and over again in the documentary. He's like he's like we use software that you can download at home. Like this isn't like you know we paid fifty thousand dollars for the software. It's like it's literally like home software that we yeah. did to make this. You could do this if you had enough you know, source footage and all this kind of stuff. If you had access to what we had access to, you could do the same thing mm-hmm. at home. So yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, the other thing I'm, I watched and you will not predict this grant. You could name 20 things that came out in Disney plus. You would not think of Think of this. I watched Disney princess remixed. Hmm. Yes, really. I did watch that. Um, it, it is basically 20 minutes of music videos. Uh, think high school musical, the, the series when they would do like a performance. Yep song um it looks cheaper though there's a lot of blue screen <laughs> going on and it's not particularly well well made um it is characters from actors from disney channel shows yep um frankie and dara uh from high school musical are, mm-hmm. are in this but then like there were several other people i'd never seen before but if you watch a lot of disney channel you would probably recognize these guys okay um and then they it's it's shorter than I thought, and they must be doing another episode of it or something because yeah. they make a big deal about like they're taking these famous Disney princess songs and remixing them, to, you know, to be more, more kind of like an EDM kind of version, right? Okay. And and I like the versions, I like the music, the singings, for the most part, is pretty good. Um, but there's only four songs in the special, huh. and it's not even a there's a couple a part of your world is in there okay everyone knows that one mm-hmm. um into the unknown from frozen yep. 2 okay everyone knows that one but then the other ones is almost there which i've not i've not princess seen princess and the frog yeah i've not seen all of princess and the frog so maybe i'm not the right person to respond but i like they started singing i was like i don't know what this song is <laughs> and i'd seen i'd seen that scene in princess and the frog maybe one time but i i barely even recognized it mm-hmm. the other one is home from Beauty and the Beast, the stage version, not even the movie, like it's not in the film. Yeah. Um, and it was um, the girl from High School Musical, the series who played Belle in season two. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget her character's name, but... Um, oh, uh, what can I think Ashlyn. of? Ashlyn. Yeah, Ashlyn. The girl that plays Ashlyn also sings the Belle song, and this was just a little on the nose. Mm-hmm. And she does a, a fine job and everything like that, but it's, an, it's, a, it's a version it's a version of beauty and the beast that you've probably never seen before. And a song that you probably never heard before, yeah. unless you listen to it, the soundtrack on Spotify. So, um, I, th- th- that movie, that music video was the worst of the four, even though the, the girl who play, plays Ashlyn honestly kills it. But the, they, she plays like a, a rock version of home and it's, um, like a guitar player who's not playing, who doesn't know how to play the guitar. Like you could tell I'm, I'm a musician, but even if I, I promise like you don't play the guitar, right? Grant, like no. you, you would watch this and go, she's clearly not playing that like mm-hmm. the, the right thing. Like her, her hands aren't even moving on the, on the strings. There's a drummer in there and like you can hear a snare being hit and she's not even moving her hands. It's, it's awful. Um, there's a, uh, who's the other person? It's like a, bass player or uh no keyboard player and like her hands aren't even on the keys and like you're hearing keys being plunked and stuff like that it's bad like there are moments of this that are groaners for sure and that's that's definitely one of them um i will say that the into the unknown is the best one and that one was sung by uh dara renee um who uh 
kind of forgetting all their names. Courtney. Uh, Courtney um, from High School Musical and Frankie who plays Carlos. Yeah. Uh, sing that one together. And Frank, Frankie, the guy who plays Carlos, I mean, he sings really high in the High School Musical series. He sings even higher in this song. He's singing the, you know, into the, uh, nah, like yeah. like the high like soprano range. Kind of like the panic at the disco yes. guy. Yes, yeah, just like that guy. And just as effortlessly, and I don't know how he does it. Yeah. It doesn't seem physically possible for a man to, to sing like that, but he nails it. Um, and uh, that song was actually really, really good. So, and then they end with an original, which is kind of a weird thing to do, but uh, by Brandy. So, uh, you know, stay tuned for, you know, after the credits for that. But, um, I, I was just, I mean, the, I'm clearly not the audience for this, but <laughs> I don't know why I watched it, except that I did see that on the the thumbnail for it, it you could see that, like, Dara Renee was in it. I was like, okay, I like her. Like, you know, this looks like more High School Musical, the parts mm-hmm. that I liked. <laughs> but without yeah. all, the, all the stuff, I, the crap I didn't like about <laughs> season two, I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. And by the end of it, I was like, I wish I hadn't watched that. It's just, it, I, I think little girls would, would find it really fun. Um, there's a narrator, um, g- girl that's like, uh, like a tween age kind of girl that like, it's so stupid. I don't even know how to explain it, but she's, she's one of the worst actors I've seen on Disney plus. So definitely a skip. <laughs> what else have you been watching? Um, well, I talked about how before we went on air, how I watched the episode What If yeah. from this week. And I've not seen it yet. And I mean, I, which we'll talk about next week. Sure. But um, I almost want to say that this was my favorite one so far. Oh, that's not the direction I thought you were going to go. I thought you were about to say that it was the least favorite. But No, I actually really like this one. Interesting. And I'm very interested to have this discussion with you because not a lot of the voice actors are by the people in this episode. Okay. Interesting. At least they were in the credits. So I'm assuming it wasn't them like, um, Mark Ruffalo was in it. Uh Um, Jeremy Renner was in it. I want to say I saw Samuel L. Jackson but other than that, I don't think any of the other ones were voiced by the original people. Wow. Yeah, that's that's kind of big news, actually. Yeah. So it was very well done. Um, I would say it's very close between the one with T'Challa, episode two, yeah. and this one. Yeah. But this one is very well done. And it actually... I honestly didn't see the villain until they revealed the villain. I didn't think about that it could be this person. So it was actually very well done. Huh. Cool. Well that gives gets me hyped to see it. Yeah. So that's really the only thing I've watched this week besides Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's been a busy week for for both of us. I, I'm not a teacher, but I work in education. And then um, Grant obviously is, is a teacher if you've been listening to our show. <clears throat> so I'm surprised I had any time to watch anything. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I was going, I worked overtime this week. So um, I'm sure you, you were really busy too. So, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, in fact, all the stuff I watched were like, like the Disney princess one is like 20 minutes. So like I really only had like an hour mm-hmm. <laughs> to watch other stuff. So yeah, I definitely understand that. All right. Um, well, let's get into what's coming out on Disney plus. I'm actually prepared this time. Uh, I looked it up before beforehand. So, um, 
there's going to be a surprise in this one. It's not like a big surprise, but you'll, you'll catch it when we, when we get there, but uh, something they've never done before. Um, okay. This Wednesday, this is for September 1st. We're going to obviously do Wednesday and they do a Friday uh, release separately, but uh, Doug days season one. I think this might be a surprise. I don't know that they, did they announce that I don't. this is Doug from the, the yeah. movie up mm-hmm. like the dog. Um, I don't remember seeing anything for this until like the last week or so. I think it's a surprise drop. Like mm-hmm. I, I think legitimately they didn't tell anyone this was coming out. So yeah, but it's, it's when it started popping up in my feed. It was like, Hey, Doug days is coming. We didn't know this was coming, but it's here. Yeah. So um, I'm definitely watching this. It's, it's um, Pixar animation studios. Doug days is a, a series of shorts. So don't expect like tons of content, yeah. but um, that follow the humorous misadventures of Doug, the lovable dog from Disney and Pixar's up. Um, it's just everyday events that occur in Doug's backyard. Um, so with him talking and everything, so I'm, I'm all in on that. Um, he's obviously hilarious and up. So, uh, that's the first thing. Uh, also for Wednesday, the finale to monsters at work. I, um, teased that already, but, uh, it's laughter thereafter is the, the name of the episode. Um, Marvel's what if episode four, we will be covering both of those episodes mm-hmm. fully, um, next week. Our, um, we'll talk about what we're talking about you know, next week here in a few minutes, but, um, yeah, episodes three and four of what if are, are coming up on the show next on our podcast next Turner and Hooch episode seven. Um, that show continues to go on, uh, Chippendale park park life episode six. I don't understand the appeal of that. Um, Marvel studios legends. I want to read this cause we teased it earlier about mm-hmm. them setting up the 10 rings, but this is what it says. We obviously haven't seen it yet. It comes out Wednesday. Marvel Studios Legends serves as an exciting refresher for the various heroes and villains making their way to the highly anticipated streaming shows premiering on Disney Plus, setting the stage for the upcoming adventures. The episode, this episode, will feature the Ten Rings, and that's all it says. So, I'm assuming we don't see Shang Chi at all in the the series, or if we do, it's just like him at the very end saying, "Go see the movie." It is super curious to me that they're doing a Marvel Studios Legends on a character we've literally never seen before. Yeah. <laughs> Cause the p- whole point of the show is to say, Hey, remember black widow? Remember all the things you saw black widow in? Let's, let's look at all those clips and there's nothing to show for yeah. this one. So I I'm definitely tuning in for two reasons. One, I've seen all of the, all of them so far. So like, why not? But also because I don't, I have no idea what they're going to show us. Like this is going to be a, the first one where I'm like, I have no idea what's going to be in that thing. Yeah. The only thing that I've read, I think, the Mandarin is going to be in. Okay. I th- I think that's the only tie-in. Okay. Otherwise, it's all new. Okay. I could use a refresher on the Mandarin for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, that 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 one is almost certainly going to be like a four-minute. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't imagine it being super long, um, unless they're just really going to teach us a lot of stuff. But, um, so that's coming out on Wednesday. That'll be an easy one to watch. Um, uh, Caesar Milan, Better Human, Better Dog. Uh, a couple episodes of that. Uh, Alaska Animal Rescue, yet another uh, animal rescue kind of show. This is season two from uh, National Geographic. Uh, Disney Junior, The Chicken Squad. I do want to pause here for on this one. Jordan has been watching The Chicken Squad, and she freaking loves that show. <laughs> so if you have um, young, like preschool, she's she's she just started kindergarten last week. Um, our whole lives have changed. We have a school kid now, but uh, if if they're like preschool, kindergarten age, I think I based on what her recommendation to what she's told me about it, I highly recommend the chicken squad. She, she thinks it's hilarious. So, uh, definitely check that one out. And here's the surprise grant for Thursday, September 2nd, 
one thing is coming out on Disney Plus. It's behind the scenes of Growing Up Animal. So Growing Up Animal is, I guess, a six-episode um, intimate and extraordinary adventure of baby animals from the safety of the womb to the uncertainty <laughs> of, of birth and their tentative first steps. It's, it's about like giving birth to like, you know, helping animals give birth and then like they're like growing up years, right? It's a National Geographic. I don't know why this is coming out on Thursday. It's super weird. Um, I don't know that they have any other Thursday releases in the future. Um, they've only done Wednesday and Friday releases. I don't know why this is coming out on Thursday. It's... I, I don't think it's a typo because they have like a, a t- entirely different section on this webpage for it. So yeah, um, I, I don't, that's a super weird thing that I don't know that we'll ever get the answer to, but yeah, that's coming out on Thursday. Obviously they didn't want to overload the server. Yeah. <laughs> for that one, of course. Uh, and then just a couple things on Friday. Um, but a couple bigger, bigger things. Uh, one that's not as well, I don't know. It might be big for some people. Um, are you a Billie Eilish fan? Have you ever no. listened to any of that? Okay. Ugh. So, um, uh, Billie Eilish is, you know, not for me and Grant is like a huge uh, like artist, you know, mm. these days, whatever, but she is doing a, um, what they call a cinematic concert experience. Taylor Swift has done this. Other people yeah. have done it. Um, hers is called happier than ever. A love letter. It's a Los Angeles. Um, but it's, um, uh, she's doing the entire a performance of the entire album in sequential order, like tracks one through whatever, mm-hmm. uh, li- like live or you know pre-recorded whatever. Um, uh, this is the only time like she's not going on tour. This is the only time you'll ever be able to see this this concert stage, and Disney Plus has the exclusive to it. So not something I'm going to watch, but I mean, if you're a Billie Eilish fan, that's actually probably big news. So um, Tomorrowland, the uh, much maligned. <laughs> Uh, movie I would talk to re- you know recently about Jungle Cruise re- did a review of Jungle Cruise uh, this is a movie I think they wanted to be really big um, starring um, uh, oh what's his name who's in this movie I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about but I'm blanking on I it I did not see the I did not see this movie. I watched it and it is entirely forgettable. I, yeah. I don't remember hardly anything that happens in it um, yeah yeah uh, God, I'm gonna have to look it up because it's like he's one of the biggest actors ever, George Clooney. Yeah, um, George Clooney is in it. Hugh Laurie, uh, Tim McGraw probably has a very uh, <laughs> short role in it. Um, uh, one person that is probably on only on screen for maybe 30 seconds or less, Catherine Hahn huh. from uh, um, WandaVision. Uh, WandaVision fame, but not famous when this movie came out. Uh, movie came out in 20, uh, 2015, obviously a science fiction. Uh, kind of film. Britt Robertson is one of the main characters in it. It was it's it's skippable. I, what did I, it get on Rotten Tomatoes film? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, fifty uh, percent. That's that's higher than I would have expected. Fifty yeah. uh, is still not good, but um, yeah, fifty percent. It, it's I remember it being serviceable. Like if you love science fiction, you might find a couple things to like about it. Um, that the actors are, you know acting the best they can with a script that they were, they were given. Um, you know, it's certainly not, probably not a movie that's George Clooney's fault or anything <laughs> like that, but I just remember it just being very blah. Just, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know why I have to, I need to care about any of this that's happening. Mm-hmm. So Smoky Mountain Park Rangers um, looks like a uh, documentary, uh, National Geographic. Uh, and then the last one in, I would argue maybe one of the bigger ones, but also one of the lowest rated ones. Uh, X-Men Dark Phoenix is oh, finally yeah. coming to Disney+. So um, I want to know 
your thoughts on this movie. This this movie only came out two years ago, by the I way. I have not seen this movie. Okay. But I remember you talk, telling me about what a train wreck it was. Yeah, it, it really was. Um, this movie came out in 2019. Like it, it didn't come out that long ago. I assume this is what, what another licensing thing that was tied up when they bought 20th Century Fox. But uh, it is finally coming to, to Disney+. Plus. Um, you talking about Rotten Tomatoes. This movie has a 22% on Rotten Tomatoes. It was almost universally panned. Like, it's not. Um, I didn't, I couldn't find it. I, I looked up a couple of reviews because I was like, I, I remember not liking this movie. Am I remembering that correctly? I, w- I was remembering it correctly. <laughs> um, the 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 worst the most scathing reviews were like, it's just meh. Like from the from the entire from the beginning of the film to the end, it's not a bad. Like no one said it was a horrible movie, but they're like, there's just there's just nothing to hang your hat on. Like, there's nothing to remember about mm-hmm. this film. It just comes and goes and it's over and you just go on with your life. Like, it's not impactful in any way. Um, they did mention that some of the performances were kind of weak. Um, I remember the action scenes being really cool. Like I, there, there's some really, really neat scenes, you know, with um, uh, Jean Grey, like, like controlling a helicopter as it's falling down to earth, you know, like she's like mm-hmm. catching, catching this thing. There's some, there's some cool things with Magneto. Um, but, Boy, the the Phoenix story has been told better in the earlier films, like the old like X X Men yep. X Two X Three. Um, that just go back and watch those. Like that, those old movies are definitely better than this. I remember X Men Apocalypse coming out right before this movie. Mm-hmm. Same cast, and they tease Phoenix at the end of that movie. I got really jonesed up because in the comic books, I've read a lot of Phoenix in the comics, and and the Phoenix entity this like celestial being is actually one of my favorite things that mm-hmm. Marvel's ever done. Um, and boy, did they just completely drop the ball at the 10 yard line with this movie. I, uh, um, Apocalypse was kind of halfway panned as well. Like that, that movie probably has like a 50% or so on Rotten Tomatoes. I actually really liked Apocalypse. I thought it was a pretty good film. Um, overall, I it had its problems, but it was mostly good. But then going into Dark Phoenix was like well, I have no reason to think that this could be worse than Apocalypse, and it just somehow was. Like it yeah. just, it, it just was a complete disappointment. So, um, if, if you've seen all of X Men except for this movie, I'm not going to tell you not to watch it because mm-hmm. you probably do need to just finish it off and just watch the movie one time. You'll never go back to it. Um, they're they're almost certainly just erasing all of these characters from like who knows what they'll do with multiverse in, you know, 2023 with fantastic four and, and X-Men will, you know, we'll get X-Men at some point. Maybe some of these actors will come into the MCU, but, um, I don't know. It's, it's sad because some of the actors are really, really good. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence is in this movie, but like, it's, it's just not, it's just not a very well-written movie and it's just, you just can't bring yourself to care about what's, yep. what's happening. I honestly so. haven't seen any of the X-Men since the original trilogy. Yeah. This is a definite skip for you. Uh, yeah. I can't see any reason why you'd, why you'd want to watch it. So, um, it's too bad that the, the original story that it's based on and these characters like Nightcrawler, Cyclops, um, you know, Mystique, Jean Grey, obviously Professor X, Magneto. These are some of the greatest characters in Marvel. I, yeah. I, I just, it, it's too bad that the movie couldn't have been more compelling. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, so that is it for Friday. So, you know, as far as like, you know, summer blockbuster, you get a couple of those on Friday, but unfortunately, it's Tomorrowland and X Men: Dark Phoenix. So it's not like the best of the catalog. Yeah. But um, you know, if you're looking for something that's just a action showpiece that you don't 
you can watch in the backgrounds and not really care about. I think, you know, either one of those are, are good enough to watch. So, but for me, the big ones are Doug days. I'm definitely tuning in for that. Uh, obviously what if, um, we we'll watch the finale of monsters at work. And then of course, Marvel, uh, legends as well. Yeah. All right. We're going to wrap this up. Um, anything you wanted to add anything that you, I mentioned that you were going to watch or anything? No, not really. Um, all right. Well, let us know what you are going to watch on Disney Plus if you're listening to this, uh, or what you want to hear us talk about on the podcast. Uh, you can send us your own review, a uh, uh, text or an audio clip or whatever. Uh, just email us at disneyplusreviews at hotmail.com, and that's P L U S all spelled out. Disney P L U S reviews at hotmail.com. Uh, next time on the show, here's what we're going to do. This is our promise to you. We're we're going to to review full spoilers. What if episodes three and four? Because that's really easy to watch. What's not easy to watch is Shang-Chi. And I didn't want to talk about this in the news segment because we're kind of talking about it now. Shang-Chi is not coming to Disney Plus in any way, day and date with a the theater. Um, it's got a 45-day... As we know right now. Yeah, exactly. They, I guess... They could, I mean, it's literally coming out in like three days, yeah. three or four days. But um, So they're doing something different with this that they haven't done. Um, is I think they're still kind of experimenting. So what they're doing with Shang-Chi is the only way to watch it for the next month and a half is in theaters. So mm-hmm. sorry if you can get to get, get to the theater. I guess you're just not going to watch it. Um, it does come to Disney Plus twice as fast as the other ones. So Black Widow, you had to wait 90 days to watch at home for free on your Disney Plus. But you could also watch it on day one if you were willing to pay for it, right? Yeah. Disney Plus premiere. This one, you can't uh, watch it at home. There's no Disney Plus premiere for Shang-Chi. But you only have to wait 45 days to watch it. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, here in mid-October, you'll be able to see it on Disney+. Plus. For that reason, Grant and I are going to go watch it in theaters this week. We have tickets for Thursday night, so we're going to see it basically as early as we possibly can. Uh, we're both really excited to watch it. We are going to do a spoiler-free discussion on Shang-Chi on the next episode. So when you see that in your feed for next week, and you're like, oh, no, they're talking about Shang-Chi. I don't want to get spoiled. I haven't seen it yet. We are not going to be spoiling anything, okay? It's probably going to be a shorter discussion because of that. Yeah. We'll give you our thoughts on, like, hey, is this worth you know, risking your COVID life <laughs> to go to go to the theater and, you know, infect all of your family, whatever, whatever to see this film. We'll give you our, our thoughts on, um, you know, did we like the action? Did we like the characters? What the, was the acting good? You know, we'll give you the kind of typical fare for like a non-spoiler review. We will not get into anything that's going to spoil anything uh, in the film. So uh, we'll warn you about that next week as well. So spoiler-free discussion on Shang-Chi and then a spoiler discussion on what if, uh, episodes three and four is the plan for next next episode so uh tune in and join us for that um thanks for listening thanks grant yeah and we will talk to you next time for what if and shang chi <laughs> <laughs>